Thank you for tuning in to Blue Collar Blacklisted. Today, we'd like to welcome author of 30 books, Mark Goodwin. If you haven't heard of him before, I'd like to uh, for you to check out his website, PrepperRecon.com. And there you can find uh, all of his books. Uh, once you check out one of them, I'm telling you, you'll be hooked and you will you will start getting all of them. That's the way I was. I went back. You can start with any series and then you will get all of them from there, I'm telling you. So, Mark, thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. I'd like to welcome you. I know we have quite a few different topics we're going to talk about today. And so I'll let you start from there. Guys, thank you all so much for having me. It's, a, it's really an honor to uh, be on Blue Collar Blacklisted. And I want to thank you guys for doing your part to educate the masses about what's really going on. And, and I think that's, that's a very important task. It's one of the things that we've, we've struggled with is trying to figure out exactly what is going on, and especially with the latest developments in uh, Ukraine and Russia, to, to really, I think that's a struggle for everybody to kind of decipher what's what, and which we had a show that we ran last night trying to figure out just that. And I'm, I'm mostly curious to see what your opinion is. I know that you deal a lot with the uh, false, false flag themes in your books, and I mean, I see... I see what looks like false flags everywhere <laughs> across the board with the situation over there myself. And we have some listeners that disagree with that, but that's, I, I feel like I see it everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I, I feel terrible for the people that are having to leave their homes and for those that have lost everything. And, you know, no doubt about it, Putin, he's a monster. Um, but, you know, while the mainstream media will have you believe that, Zelensky is a, a hero and a, a modern day legend. Let's not forget that he's been terrorizing the Donetsk the, the and the Luhansk regions of Ukraine since the 2014 revolution. Yes. I mean, if this is really about countries having the right of self determination, where was the public outcry for the separatists for the past eight years? You know, I've gotten since since the election and since the pandemic, I just sort of assume anything the media tells me is a complete fabrication. I don't know what the truth is about Ukraine, but I can guarantee you that the narrative we're being fed by the globalist media, that's not it. Absolutely. But, you know, still we have to pay attention. We've got to read between the, the lines because the unintended consequences of our intervention, it's going to come back to bite us, and it's going to bite us good. Yeah, and we've got plenty of examples just from the past 15 years, especially throughout the Obama administration, of blowback from you know these regime changes that are backed by the United States. And I can't shake the feeling that we're about to see a lot of, of, of negative ramifications from this involvement here. And so basically what it equates to in a layman's you know, opinion, just – when we're we're straight blue collar guys looking at this, from, you know, from the outside, is that it's the same thing we saw during the Arab Spring, perhaps a little more clandestine, a little more the appearance of uninvolved, but they're they're meddling in a place that, where there was some civil conflict that we really don't belong. And I guess that's kind of what you were saying is that they should have had the right to hash that out on their own. Yeah, and uh, it is. It's it's and and you know they they get the 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 worst possible footage and the worst possible headlines that they can pick out of that mess to really to show you how bad Putin is. And I mean, there's, there's despots around the world yeah. that we don't do anything about and that we don't have any involvement with, but there's some reason that we want to be involved here. And Zelensky himself, he was bombing, he was bombing schools and hospitals and all of that kind of thing when they were attacking uh, the, the separatist regions. So, there's not really a good guy in this fight, you know, and, and it's terrible for the people for, it's terrible for the, for the separatists that are in Donetsk and Luhansk that have been putting up with this kind of violence for, for eight years at the hands of the Ukrainians after they, you know, they took over that government in a, a revolution, not hugely unlike uh, what, basically happened with the BLM riots, you know, um, just fortunately they didn't have to, uh, you know, go in and, and take over the, the government buildings. That was all done through a stolen election. 
So we didn't have to do it like that, but it was the same kind of a thing, you know? So is that government even legitimate? Who, who set that 2014 revolution up? I would, I would bet if we, if we could really see behind the curtain, I bet it was the globalists. Yes. And there, there's uh, reports now of some of the Obama staff that, uh, and it's now in, in the Biden administration. In fact, uh, the lady that we saw last night that admitted, admitted, then they retracted. Uh, what was her last name that uh, starts with an N about the bio labs? Yeah, I'll pull uh, that she because she's the son of, or I'm sorry, the rather the daughter. Oh, she's the son. That's slick. <laughs> she's the daughter of Ukrainian immigrants. <laughs> in this day and age. Yeah, in this yeah. day and age. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, you know. But she. And it's the, whatever pronoun they want. Yeah. But they, they basically hedged their bets thinking that Hillary would win and uh, went all in with her. And so a lot of the things that happened with Manafort when they were attacking the Trump campaign came from the uh, Ukrainian embassy in Washington is uh, some of what I'm seeing. And to, to, to us, again, just a regular, a regular person's uh, a low on the totem pole taxpayer's perspective, I don't see how the, the Democrat, well, not just the Democrat Party, but the, the establishment U.S. government that's just been in here way too long, their fingers aren't all through this. And Ukraine being historically a playground for corrupt politicians to, to launder money, and, and do whatever they want. One of the things that we had on last night, if you, if you saw it, it I guess they, they went viral, was the Bryce Mitchell, the UFC fighter, that kind of gave that take. And pretty much it was universally agreed with that I haven't lost anything in Ukraine. <laughs> if they were to invade here, I would stand and fight, but I don't feel that we need to go over there and fight for whatever's going on because we have no idea what's happening outside, like we said, what they're telling us. Yeah, and now... Back to what I was saying about the, the, the blowback and the ramifications that we're going to see from this. You know, prior to this conflict, American farmers were already facing a severe fertilizer shortage. And, you know, maybe if you're into eating organic, maybe that sounds like a good thing. But the reality is that the infrastructure doesn't exist to produce food without petrochemical fertilizers and Roundup and and all these kind of things. And Belarus, that's a huge fertilizer exporter. And, of course, now they've been hit with, with more sanctions because of their alignment with Russia. And uh, Russia and Ukraine, they're responsible for 30% of the world's wheat, 17% of global corn production, and 50% of global sunflower seed oil production. So we're going to feel the effects in prices and in availability. Um, I think Lebanon, they're already rationing flour. Hungary's halted all grain exports. Um, global food inflation, that was, that was 20% last year. So tack on the price of diesel to the inevitable supply crunch, and this, this year's food inflation number it's going to be shocking. It's going to be devastating to the American consumer. Uh, diesel in my area, I don't know what you guys are paying, but it's five and a quarter. You know, oh, well, maybe you got an electric car or you're, you're, you've got a, a little, uh, you know, a rice burner that, that sips, you know, regular unleaded. Uh, but everything you buy at Walmart, everything you buy at the grocery store, at Lowe's, Home Depot, everything you order from Amazon, it all comes on a diesel truck. Right. So get ready, folks. It's going to get tough. Yeah, it's five fifty a gallon here. And I, I have a diesel truck for my business. And I know a lot of people, and I mean, we're in the in the construction industry, and it's um, construction's real heavy around here. And it's being passed on directly to the consumer. You see the, you know, just the fee being the surcharge being added to the ticket just directly to the consumer right here just freight charges yeah, that's going to go across the board always mm -hmm. and so like uh who was it who was that last night we had the the quote-unquote comedian stephen colbert saying that he'd be happy to pay five dollars a uh, gallon fifteen dollars a gallon well first it was five for the clean oh. conscious then 15 because he drives an electric car which totally bombed by the way yeah <laughs> but yeah th those people yeah well that's 
yeah, that's great for them and their, their little green bubble, yeah. you know. But you know, everything they buy at the store is is not coming on an electric vehicle. Yeah, and which he's worth seventy five million is what we we discovered last uh-huh. night. But yeah, he's not <laughs> so, gonna feel it. So absolutely yeah. not. He's but not the the, the train seals that were clapping in the audience don't seem to realize what you're describing now is that that's going to drive up exponentially drive up the cost of everything. And, and that's lost on these people. And, and it's amazing to me that we can still find people that are making excuses for the government's malfeasance and corruption that, that led to this. It, it boggles my mind. And we're seeing that so much in the younger generation. So the people that are within my sphere of influence that, that I come in contact with, they don't see a problem with what's going on. And that boggles my mind. No. And through COVID, I think we've, we sort of acclimated to seeing shortages in the grocery store, right? I mean, you go and, and there's always been food there, you know, maybe it wasn't the kind of bread that, that you wanted to get, but you could get bread. And maybe it wasn't, the shelf wasn't stacked three high and four deep like it usually is, but it was, it was one high and, and they kind of, you know, they kind of pull everything forward and, and spread it out so that the, the, the bald spots sort of get covered by the items to the left and to the right. So you don't really see that, that it's, it's completely empty except in like the, you know, in the freezers, you know, where you look at for like the TV dinners and the, the frozen French fries and, and all that kind of stuff there, you just see big, huge, empty freezers. Yeah. All the time. So, so people aren't, people aren't shocked and they're not, they're not scared and they feel like, well, we've kind of made it this far. And, and so we got, we got through COVID and, and it wasn't, uh, nobody starved to death. So I think we're going to be okay. But what they're not seeing is that we never recovered that margin for error, you know? So like if there's something, if something big happens, you know, we're, we're right there on the precipice of having empty grocery stores. Anybody that's ever lived in Florida knows what it's like two days before a category two or category three hurricane supposed to make landfall. There's nothing. There's no gas. There's no bread. There's no milk. The only thing you can find in the, in the grocery store is tofu and uh, those like beyond meat hot dogs that are made out of, soy and bugs or whatever. That's true. I've seen it. Yeah. And cat food. Because you used to live in Florida. And that's what's on the shelf. Yes. So. And unfortunately now when you see a small show, something is is bare or or it's starting to get there and there's only a few left, the natural human instinct for the people that have become accustomed to the immediacy of having a fully stocked grocery store is panic. They load their cart up with it. They take it all. And then they may even post on social media that, hey, there's some of this here or there. And so then there's a run on that thus create, you know, exacerbating an already bad problem. But as far as the supply chain in totality, it, it, when you're talking about getting it, having no room for error, to, in, at least to some semblance, I mean, it's always been pretty fragile, seeing as how so much stuff comes from all over the world to here. It's, it's always been a fragile system, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it always has been. And, and uh, everything's just-in-time inventory, but we don't have the just-in-time inventory now. Right. Now we're just, we're, we're running on fumes as far as inventory, you know, it, it would take nothing to just clear out every grocery store in America. The, the, the slightest threat, you know, of, uh, you know, we got a, a false, um, report of a ICBM launch out of, out of Russia, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's it. All the grocery stores are going to be empty within three hours of something yeah. like that. You know, so cyber threat, I think that's our, our biggest immediate threat right now, you know, and uh, poking the bear. And, and I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen something already out of Russia in the, in the electronic warfare field. But, uh, but I think it's coming. I think that, I think that they, they feel like that, uh, I think Putin's probably got, He's probably bit off as much as he can he can handle right now with Ukraine, and I think that once he kind of gets his ducks in a row over there, I think he's just biding his time. You know, he's a he's a master chess player. Uh, uh, you know, he's a 
I think a, a judo black belt. He's he's not Joe Biden. Sure. You know, he's thinking about all of this stuff. He's not. He doesn't just have some some puppet master pulling his strings and telling him what to do. He's planned all this out. He knows what he's going to do, and he knows when he's going to do it. And I think the I think the cyber hit's going to come because I think he's already decided that that's he's going to hit us back there. And and they're so good at that. They're they're a a, a superpower when it comes to uh, cyber cyber attacks. Yeah, I had a website you know, stolen from me from a, a Russian hacker before. So, do you think that's where China's going to step in and help them? Because you know, China—I mean, China's got to be—they've—they've uh, they've had to work out some kind of agreement beforehand with this. Do you think that uh, China's going to help them with that aspect of it, or when do you think China's going to step in, or do you think they're going to step in? I don't know. I don't know if they will or not, but, uh, and I don't know if we'll ever know the colonial pipeline, you know, that was shut down by ransomware last summer. There was gas stations. I don't know if you guys felt it, but, uh, all along the, the, the East gas stations were, were empty for days. Right. I mean, in my area, we couldn't find gas at all for, for the better part of a week. And, you know, that's small potatoes compared to what's possible i mean they kind of narrowed it down to say oh well, we think it was it was some group out of russia that you know that that putin allows to to act you know but we don't know if those if those if those groups are actual cutouts of uh of the, the russian government um or if they're they're really just cyber criminals um we don't know if it's if it's a uh, the Chinese that are, that are, you know, routing the traffic through, through Russian servers, you know, there's, when it comes to cyber, you don't know, you can't, you can never pin the tail on the donkey, you know, even now 2010, you know, was when the, the Stuxnet virus came out. Everybody knows it was Israel and America working together. It's, it's all been all but admitted by, by people that, that worked for NSA that that's what happened. But there's no smoking gun that says Stuxnet was was uh, developed by by NSA or CIA or DIA or or uh, Mossad or or you know you can't prove it, right. and that's the thing about cyber, and that's why when when Putin gets ready to push the button and, and hit us with something like that, we'll know that it was him, but we won't be able to prove it. You know, anybody that's in law enforcement or, or anything like that, you know, you can, you can know who the criminal is, but that doesn't mean you have the evidence to prove it. And then what, what happens if there's a retaliatory attack by the United States, which there inevitably would be, right? Escalating. Uh, I don't know. I think so. I think, I think they would just because I think they're, you know, they're, they're insane, and, and I guess it would just escalate, you know. But uh, the Stuxnet virus that that caused Iran's nuclear centrifuges to spin out of control, and it set their their nuclear enrichment program. It set them back years. So we, you know, that's where that's where cyber is at now. It can cause physical harm to infrastructure. So it could it could burn up the cooling system in a nuclear power plant cause a meltdown it could fry the the components of the electrical grid not turn the power off not just hit a breaker but burn up the components in a few key um plants and cause a cascading failure to where the entire u.s just goes dark um it could uh it could wipe all the data from the, the U.S. banking system. Um, that was the that was the premise behind my Cyber Armageddon series. I don't I, I don't know if you guys read that or not, but you know that's what happened. They just they just erased all the data, and that's a that's a real thing that that's possible with a, with a cyber attack with certain viruses. And you can just wipe the data so that you go you log in and there's nothing there. Sure. Well, if everybody's bank accounts aren't there. Um, and now suddenly nobody has means to, to pay a credit card. Credit card companies are just going to shut down. They're not going to eat it. 
you know, so now there's no payment system because um, hardly anybody uses cash. And if they do use cash, they probably got three or $400 on them, you know, and they can't go to the bank because the data's gone. They don't know how much money you've got in your, in your account. And they're certainly not going to trust you to take in your, your, your little checkbook and your little uh, uh, balance book and show them. So they could just destroy the ability for Americans to be able to make payments of any sort. Those are the kind of things that would just turn this nation upside down overnight. In your books, you, you and that's one of the reasons that uh, we had talked about having you on here and uh, that Buford was so excited to, to have your opinion because it seems to me at least that you have the ability to kind of foretell some things and you, you've got a good vision for what the future holds. And so with this conflict specifically, where, where do you see this ending? How does it, how does this end in your opinion? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I guess let's take it back a, a step, a step before, you know, why are we here? Why, why are we in the, the condition that we're in? Why do we have the, the kind of government that we have? You know, obviously we know that the election was stolen, but, you know, it goes back decades and decades and decades of us getting to the point to where something like this could even happen in America. You know, um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the 1980s, to think that, that a presidential election could be stolen from the people is, is unheard of. You know, you know, people just wouldn't think it. I wouldn't have thought it either probably in, in 2019, but, you know, now I do. But, you know, it's, it's, it looks like we just, and then we've got COVID and then we've got the food shortages and now we've got a uh, conflict with Russia. You know, it's sword, it's famine, it's plague. Those are the common methods God has used all throughout history to get people's attention. And our planet is experiencing all three to one degree or another. Yes. In Jeremiah 19, God calls ancient Israel to account because they've forsaken him and because they've sacrificed their sons and daughters to Baal. He warned of, uh, of a famine that would come upon Israel, and that did happen. It happened during the siege of the, the Babylonians, and he declared that the, the ancient Is- Israelites would resort to cannibalism because times would be so austere. And that's exactly what happened. And modern day America isn't much different. We've turned our backs on God. We've kicked him out of the classroom. We teach our children atheism. You know, uh, it's the, the, the official story is that we don't want to teach any religion in our schools because we don't want to elevate one religion over another and we want them to be free to make up their own minds. That's not what happens. When, when, you, teach, when you teach children that, that they came from nowhere, that uh, evolution theory is uh, evolutionary fact, you're teaching atheism. That's a religious viewpoint. And, that's, and our, the public school system is, is a temple of atheism. So we've kicked, him, we've kicked God out of the schools. We've kicked him out of our country. We've declared his laws as unjust by embracing gay marriage and the LGBTQ agenda. We slaughtered our sons and daughters in the womb. More than 60 million abortions in the past five decades. So this, this idea of famine, it, it seems totally impossible to folks who've lived their entire lives in America. But we're not immune, especially if God decrees it. Yes. So how does this end? Well, are we going to, is there going to be, is there going to be some level of pain and suffering that God can bring upon this country to cause us to turn around to, to say, we're not going to teach our children atheism, that we're not going to, we're not going to allow children to be slaughtered in their mother's wombs. Is there, is there a degree of pain? and suffering to where we'll repent of that? Or are we going to be like ancient Israel and we're just going to keep shaking our fists in God's face and keep blaspheming his name and telling our, our children that they can choose whether they want to be a boy or a girl or a non-binary or a purple penguin or whatever it is 
they, they can concoct in their mind uh, that they want to be. Sorry for this tangent, but I got to keep going. Uh, keep, Deuteronomy keep going. 28, Deuteronomy 28 lays out the, the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience. One of the curses for disobedience listed in Deuteronomy 28 is confusion of mind. And then you turn on the news and you see all of this stuff being spouted about, about, you know, uh, gender fluidity. That's confusion of mind. And you can't call it anything else. And you look at, you look at Joe Biden, you just look at, Look at the look in his eyes. That's confusion of mind. Listen to 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 Jen Psaki just drone on and on and on. Everything she 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 says, every word out of her mouth is almost the polar opposite of reality. And and people are just buying it in mass and not questioning it. That's confusion of mind. Kamala Harris in Poland. Kamala Harris is confusion of mind. And while we're, we're on that subject, you know, that gets into the double standards and, and, uh, and all of that. She had a bailout fund for the BLM rioters that almost burnt this country to the ground. And the J6 protesters on, the, on January 6th, Every, almost every single Republican lawmaker in Washington came out to condemn the people that were standing up saying, we want to know what happened at this election. Because when we went to bed at midnight, they said, we're going to quit counting the votes. Trump's won. He's got it. It's in the bag. Uh, we're going to quit counting until in the morning. And then we wake up in the morning. And there's about four counties and about four states that have all gotten 130, 135, 138,000 votes that were 100% for Biden, which is impossible in itself. But to get the 135,000 votes for anybody when you're not counting votes is impossible. Yeah, the mathematics across the board on the entire election of 2020, nothing Nothing statistically makes sense whatsoever from the amount of counties won versus lost. The overall, uh, what was it, 70, 74 million for Trump legit votes, which was more, I think, three million more, three to four million more than Barack Obama had. And Joe Biden even surpassed that. So he would be, that's what we refer to him on, on our podcast with regularity as the most popular president of all time with 81 million votes. And that counts Kamala. Too. Most popular. The man in his basement hiding yeah. out yeah. with 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 a staged with a staged audience of empty jeeps is mm. the most popular president of all times. A man that can't get up a flight of stairs without tripping three times yeah. is the most popular president of all time. Uh, one of the things that you and, said about the uh, you know the the gay lobby and being involved in the schools and, and pushing these things onto the children. Uh, several of us homeschool our children and we've got a lot of listeners that want to move to homeschool because they're concerned with this. And ultimately I think that one of the things that, that I don't factor in, a lot of people don't factor in as far as direction, the direction of the country politically is every year you have young people coming into the system that are now able to vote and they're coming out of these indoctrination mills where they push this stuff. So the focus is on these oddball sexual deviant behaviors and not not civics, mathematics, reading, writing, arithmetic. And I, I don't see a way to rectify our country socially or otherwise w- without stopping this. And, and conservative-minded people, for whatever reason, don't really seem to gravitate towards teaching. And, and my from my perspective, my estimation, I don't – it seems to be something that, that leftists or, or – or, or more acclimated to. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And, and anything that has anything to do with, with anything in, in reality is completely stripped out of the, the schools. And it's, it's completely, it's nothing but an indoctrination camp right now. And, and a temple to atheism and a temple to, to Gaia worship, you know, the, the green agenda and, sure. 
And the the bottom line of all of this stuff is it's, it's Satanism, and 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 it's it's about it's about depopulation. I think everything that's going on right now is is about depopulation. I, I think uh, I don't know if, if you guys have read my latest book. It's called False Flag, and it's the first book in the American Wasteland series. Yes, but it, it's it's all about it's all about the depopulation agenda, and I think that's what I think that's what COVID was. I think that's what the vaccine is. Um, I think that the I think the virus itself was cooked up in a lab on purpose and released on purpose to to kill off the, a weak part of the population and to scare everybody into getting this vaccine. It's going to have these long term ramifications where people that got it just aren't going to live as long. I, and um, and and then the gay agenda. What's that? That's depopulation. If Absolutely. you can convince. Uh, Sally and Sarah to get together and Billy and Bobby to get together, then guess what? Neither one of them are going to have any kids. Yes. And if you can convince Bobby that he should have been a girl and he cuts it off, even if he, even if a, a later date, he says, you know, well, that was a mistake. Well, it's too late now. And I think we're going to see a lot of infertility from the, uh, from the, um, from the vaccine. I have uh, I have a family member that had to have an ovary removed because of the 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 vaccine. I think it's all depopulation. I think the poison that's in the food. I think that's depopulation. You know, and it's in everything. You know, genetically modified corn and the the petrochemicals, glyphosate. It's just ubiquitous. It's just this the slow kill weaponization of the food. And I think maybe it's just not happening fast enough, and it's it's time to uh, for these demons to, to just ratchet up the system, you know. And and I think that uh, you know a, a global collapse, a global monetary collapse. I think that's a good way to just kill off a huge part of the the population. And and the the Gaia worshippers they they see it as justified because we're we're saving the planet, you know. We're saving the the forest and the trees and the air and the grass and, and whatever else, you know, they're not going to be subjected to, to us useless eaters, you know, and the Bill Gates of the world, they, they, they see themselves as, uh, you know, as sort of as gods, you know, as, as all the, the priest class and all the rulers throughout time, you know, the pharaohs of Egypt, they thought that they were, they were types of gods. The, uh, the Roman emperors saw themselves as gods. Um, the the uh, uh, was the the Seleucid king of uh, of of Greece that, that you know after Alexander the Great died and, and the, you had the four rulers that came up after him Epiphanes you know his name means you know God manifest <laughs> you know he saw himself as a god so uh, these people they see themselves as gods and, and they have this sort of a messiah complex to where they think that 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 we're we're incapable of of, of choosing for ourselves and so they're going to choose for us and if it means a few of us die that's okay because it's for the greater good um i think i think inflation this is you know i i i i, I can't get my 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 um my head around the inflation. I don't know if it's, if, if they've just bumbled it up or if it's on purpose, but either way, <laughs> we've been no, saying that yeah. that's something we've been yeah. saying for a while ourselves. Yeah. And I think one of the, when you mentioned the, the monetary collapse, uh, that's the people that still have a little bit of rebelliousness like us that le- left in them, the people that didn't want to wear a mask, the people that didn't, didn't want to have a vaccine, the people that want to be left alone, the people that do use cash and want to educate their children the way they see fit. And the, the people that still do believe in Christianity wholeheartedly, that's a good way to bring people to, to heal. And with all the talk of implementing uh, uh, the U S implementing a digital currency, I mean, it's, it's hard to make an argument that that's not intentional and in what the long-term goal is. Well, I, and it seems to be maybe more of a short becoming a short-term thing. It, it seems like yeah, it's with in the, the executive future. order that, that sure. they're pushing through right now. Yeah. And you know, something else that uh, before you answer that question uh, to keep in mind, that I was going to ask too is how can just the average person that's listening to this kind of prepare? Cause I know you always at the end of your books, you, you always include like how you can go to prep a recon and get the PDF to help um, prevent those things. And kind of uh, even if you do have 
your your proper goods in place to kind of um, go ahead and update that list and stuff. How can someone that's listening to this um, kind of take measures? Because when they hear about all the poisons in the food and the things that we were just discussing, that's going to shock a lot of people because a lot of people don't realize that or don't know that. How can they kind of take precautions about those type things? Well, the best thing you can do right now is to start inching away from your dependency on the spaling system. You know, start a garden. Start producing some amount of your own food. Uh, get some chickens and a couple of rabbits, get some bees, plant some fruit trees. If, uh, if you're not allowed to have chickens and rabbits or a garden where you live, then it's time to move. Also, you know, what was it like where you live during the 2020 BLM riots? Could you smell the smoke from the burning city? If so, that's another really good indicator that it's time for you to relocate. You know, those, those riots were an excellent rehearsal of concept drill on what it's going to be like at your house when the food trucks stop rolling, when the, when the power goes out and doesn't come back on, or when the dollar completely collapses. You know, and if you're still living in one of the cities decimated by BLM, this, this may be falling on deaf ears because you're probably that, that proverbial frog boiling in the pot. Uh, so this is your last warning. You know, wake up. Get up now. And, and finally, you know, what we talked about earlier, get right with God. Make sure you have a relationship with your creator and read the Bible on a daily basis. And then do what it says. Um, you know, make sure you're living a blessable lifestyle. If you do that, you know, Psalms 91 says that he will keep you safe even when the world is crumbling around you. And we, we started to touch on inflation there for right before we got, we got to this tangent. And, um, you know, and it seems like the, the slow-moving threat. Uh, but what we've seen so far, it's only the beginning, and there's, there's no guarantee that it's going to continue to be a slow-moving threat. Once folks catch on to how worthless the U.S. dollars become, they're going to scramble for the exits, and the prices of everything are going to skyrocket. Um, the Levy Economic Institute, it's, it's a think tank, which is part of Baird College in New York. They filed a Freedom of Information request with the Federal Reserve. They wanted to know who got how much money back in the 2009 housing crisis during all those bailouts, because nobody really knew. The best estimate put together by Bloomberg was right around the, the $7 trillion mark. And once they finished digging through the data, Levy Economic Institute came up with $29 trillion as the actual total of all the bailouts. Mm. Now, no one had any idea how many new dollars had flooded the market during that period. And according to the Federal Reserve, the entire M2 money supply at the end of 2011, which was when all these bailouts were supposedly being wrapped up, was less than $10 trillion. Even assuming the $7 trillion number, the reported M2 money supply, was that was a complete lie. So uh, for maybe for folks that don't know, uh, M2, that, that's how they, they tracked uh, all the currency in circulation. That would be, that's M1. And then to come up with M2, they add in, all the uh, deposit accounts and uh, easily liquidated instruments like treasuries, CDs, things like that. So money handed out during the bailout that should have been reported in that number in the M2 money supply, but $29 trillion. So here we are a decade later after all of that, and after what uh, covidmoneytracker.org says has been a, a $6 trillion bailout for the pandemic, and what's the M2 money supply right now? Uh, the Fed tells us it's $22 trillion. If you just add those two bailouts, the $29 trillion from, from the crisis and the $6 trillion from the pandemic, which we know it's more than $6 trillion. But if you just add those two, it's $35 trillion. So, you know, we're off by $13 trillion just with those two bailouts. And that doesn't, that doesn't, include all the money that's just kind of sloshing around in the system already from all the other economic activity. And then, and then what's the real COVID bailout number? 
I bet it's more than $6 trillion. If the real number for the housing bailout was four times bigger, is the COVID total, is it four times bigger? Is it $24 trillion? Is that the real number for the COVID bailout? Wow. If so, that would put the, the total of just the two bailouts, then M2 would have to be at least $53 trillion. So what's the real M2 money supply? Is it $100 trillion? Is it more than that? We don't know, and the Fed isn't going to tell us. What I can tell you is that the U.S., we're not the first to abuse a fiat currency system. The Weimar Republic did it after World War II and failed. Argentina, Zimbabwe, Russia, Venezuela, they've all tried it and failed miserably. And we're about to fail miserably. And the unprepared populace, they're going to be the ones that pay the price. The Venezuelans, they're still paying the price. They were a prosperous nation before Chavez came to power and started handing out the free lunches. But guess what? There's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm -hmm. The bill came due to Venezuela. Reuters reported that the average Venezuelan lost 24 pounds in 2017 because of the economic crisis. So that's not the, the, the fat guy with the beer belly that probably needed to lose 24 pounds. You know, that's everybody. That's little children. You know, an eight-year-old. Think about an eight-year-old losing 24 pounds. Think about an old woman in a, in a nursing home, a frail old woman losing 24 pounds. You know, that's everybody. And they're still in crisis, and many of them are starving to death. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that you got to really try to project what those people are going through. And then think about your, your bread aisle that's now, uh, instead of four high and four deep, you know, one high and one deep on the shelves. You got to project that into, into this country and say, are we, are we closer to repenting from our sins and turning back to God so he can bless us again? No. Are we, are we close, closer to, to, to solving this, this economic catastrophe that we've, that we've done by, by devaluing the currency? No. Even if you are an atheist because you came out of the, the, one of these atheist temples and you don't believe God and he's a fairy tale and whatever, everything else, you know, the economics and the, the, you know, the cyber threat and everything else. You have to think about what people, what it's like in Venezuela and, and project that here in America. And that's what you need to be thinking about when you come up with your, your preparation plan and how much of your income you're going to dedicate to storing food and producing some, some percentage of your own food. I think you need two years. I think you need to have a, a solid plan to be able to produce 100% of your own food. And I think you need to have two years worth of, of food put away. So to, to get you through for a two-year learning curve of being able to scale up from some level of production right now and being able to scale that up to 100%. Because I, I, I don't see this ending in anything other than complete and total collapse. And so the, the basic gist always has been, with, and that's how conservative people are supposed to live, is to go back to the methodology that your grandparents lived by, have a garden, right. be self-sufficient, right. live within your means. Very basic pretext that culturally everybody's been steered away from. And, and that's one part of the education system. They steer you away from any kind of uh, self-reliance, which everything, everything that was a, a foundational principle of our country and an American virtue has been supplanted by like you referenced just absolute nonsense. It's, it's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. But yeah, a lot of the things could be remedied at the individual level by just practicing some self-reliance and which now, and, and I agree that uh, it's imperative that, that people, people do those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think going back to Russia? Like, what do you think if you follow the money, what do you think is going on? We discussed this briefly last night. What do you think is going on with all these seized assets that is um, from Russia? All these yachts, these multimillion dollar yachts that's being seized from these Russian millionaires and billionaires. You know, it kind of reminds me of when kind of the Cold War era. And everything and, and, you know, the USSR and everything just kind of went like uh, just on clearance and everybody was over there buying everything up. Do you think some of these private 
entities and, and congressmen and senators and, and things are buying up these assets at pennies on the dollar so they can be sold for uh, large profits. Do you think some of that's going on right now? It could be. I hadn't thought about that, but that's possible. Obviously, they don't need the money. You know, when you have the res- the world's reserve currency and you can just print it to infinity until it completely collapses. And obviously, from, you know, our last the last thing we just talked about, they don't have any qualms with doing that. So they don't need the money. The other thing that comes to mind is maybe it's just, you know, this, this complete, uh, this confusion of mind thing that we talked about. And it's just a, a, a self-destruct mechanism of, you know, of poking the bear. You know, we're just going to, we're just going to poke and prod Putin until he does something to, to, to completely take this country out. And, and, you know, when you read, when you read biblical prophecy, uh, end times prophecy, you don't see anything that, you know, there's a lot of things where people have kind of said, well, you know, maybe these, these young lions of, of, uh, of uh, maybe that's, maybe that's America or maybe this is America, but you don't see anything in there definitively America. So, I mean, I don't know that we're going to concern by the time we reach the great tribulation. I don't know. No, it's um, always so, the great army from the north and from the east. And, uh-huh. yeah. You know, you've got the the final world, you know, in Daniel, the when uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a stream, we see the final world empire. It's, it's clay and iron, which, you know, iron was the, was the legs of iron were the Roman Empire, so most people think that it's going to be some kind of a some kind of a, a empire that's composed of the pieces of the, the great Roman Empire. So I mean, that's Europe. That's kind of the the EU. You know, maybe we're a part of that. Uh, maybe and maybe we're just you know maybe we're Venezuela by then, and we're just you know people that aren't able to to, to live on their own are just starving to death, and and our 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 cities have crumbled you know because we are sort we're we're at the end of empire when you're telling your children that that you know boys can be girls and girls can be boys and or you don't have to be either one we've we've hit that that point of madness of of civilization collapse so and which i just wonder sometimes how popular those those thought processes really are because there i mean there is a, a significant amount of backlash against those things. I think a lot of people are just scared to to stand up. But I've, I, I mean, I am encouraged that we're seeing more and more uh, parents at school board meetings and whatnot stand up against CRT, and then getting overwhelming support for that legislation in Florida. What the left refers to as the "quote unquote" "don't say gay" bill, but where they can't teach these younger children anything sexual, anything but uh, mainly uh, anything about transgender ideology. So, I mean, there, there is some kickback, but looking for a politician that you could support that, that would actually back any of the ideals or principles that we're discussing today, good luck. There's nobody like us out there. You know, there's a lot of, there's uh, so much self-service in American, all politics, it's kind of human nature, but I don't see a lifeline outside of what you've already described and it's biblical. So, but and one of the things that I've, when you're talking about, you know, the, the school of thought of atheism, I think anybody with a brain knows mathematically that it takes exponentially more faith to believe in atheism than it ever did Jesus Christ. It's, it's a ridiculous, right. ridiculous thought process. Yeah. As far as the, what have we got to pick from uh, politics? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Rand Paul standing up and, uh, and, uh, you know, really going after Fauci. I mm-hmm. think that uh, he's done well with that. And I, and maybe he's sharpening his knives for, you know, on, on, on Fauci to learn how to kind of get in the arena and, and fight like a pit bull because in the last primaries, he didn't have that. And especially going up against Trump, you know, he just got, he just got mauled. Mm-hmm. In, in all the debates against Trump. So, you know, hopefully he's kind of maybe getting his chops through all of that. And, you know, maybe he can, he could, he could come out um, in the next round of primaries. I think he'd be, he'd be a great pick. You know, that's, that he's certainly somebody that, that understands freedom and he understands economics 
and that's the two things that that the Republican Party has completely failed on. And as much as I I enjoyed watching uh, Trump upset the globalists and uh, and upset the mainstream media, you know, freedom and economics were not his thing. That's he he doesn't he didn't have that that kind of concept for. For, and those are the, that's the two things that, that we really need from our government is, is you know, fiscal re- responsibility and somebody to ensure our freedom. Yeah. I, I just wonder and, also. a champion for, for, for something like that. With somebody using Rand Paul as the example, would he be, uh, would he fall to the same ails that, that Trump and pretty much any, anybody that uh, is in the office of the presidency is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a den of pit vipers in DC and there's, you know, you've always got so many people and issues pulling you in multiple directions that their the agenda they go in on never never seems to materialize in the thick of the fight in Washington D.C. And I think that I think Donald Trump did a good job at under so much duress and constant assault through that, throughout the media and otherwise implementing what he could with his time in there. I personally, I, I, I like Buford said, we were at the uh, we were at the January sixth event and. It's it's still a sore subject for us. I would I would like to see that rectified in some form, but if wishes were horses, then beggars would ride, I guess. Right, right, uh huh. So, but yeah, uh, a lot of people talking about DeSantis running with Trump. That seems compelling. Uh, I don't know anybody that could dislike Ron DeSantis. No, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, do I, and I just wonder if for this next election, you know, a lot of people say it's. It could, you know, they'll try to steal it again and things. And, and this is something that in our studio we've, we've disagreed on because I kind of take a, a strong stance on this. I, I, I have said, and, and I hope I'm wrong, but I've said that I think they will try to steal it again because I believe that when they stole the election the last time, they saw the dog roll over and they saw the belly of the dog. And they saw that the American people will kind of bend their knee and let yeah, them do it. it. Yeah, and let yeah. them do it. And the American people did not take a stand. And I believe that the Clintons and those type people, the Obamas and, and these type people, say, okay, we can do what we want. We have free reign, so we have charge, and we can do what we want. And... I think they'll continue to do it, and I believe that we'll never have another free election. Well, let, let me offer the alternative take then. <laughs> so the the other opinion is is that that it's not static. I think that you have some of the things that we're discussing come to pass, and and pe- when people number one get hungry, um, and their children are hungry, I, I think there's variables that sort of varying degrees of what people's resistance to a stolen election would be. But I think that after what transpired in 2020, if, if something like that was, if the, if the masses feel like that occurs in 2024, because discontent will be so high at that, that point with this administration, it's already high. We've got historical low poll numbers and complete and total dissatisfaction with this fake regime that's uh, in office. I, I, I can't imagine people rolling over after three more years of what we just had. That's just my opinion. So that that's where the disagreement in studio takes place. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think that we have to try. I think that we can never give up and we can never, you know, give in. Um, and I think we got to do our, our best. And I think that, you know, I think the reason we're in this, uh, we're in this pinch in the first place is that, that Christians don't vote. Um, so, Will they? I don't. I don't know that the, that the powers that be, if they'll, I don't think they'll ever, you know, probably willingly let somebody like uh, like Donald Trump come back in. You know, it, I think that they'll they'll probably offer up some uh, some controlled opposition. You know, but uh, for whatever reason, they, they that that didn't work. The, the the populace rose up and and, and voted for 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 Trump uh, for two elections. Yes. You know, but I. I don't want to say, you know, give up and, and don't vote and just, so I, I, I'd like, to, I'd, I hate to, I hate to admit I, it's possible, but I hate to admit it because I don't want people to say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. So I'm not going to vote because we've done that for, for decades and decades and decades. If the church would have voted, 
we wouldn't abortion wouldn't have been on the books for for five decades. We wouldn't have sixty million murdered children in our in our country and their blood on our hands. You know, uh, the wall builders said that only fifty percent of the eligible members of the church are registered to vote and vote and participate in the presidential elections. And out of that fifty percent, only half of them participate in midterms. So we've got 25% of the, the, the church that even votes in a midterm election. That's why we're in the predicament that we're in. That's why our, our, our schools are, uh, are atheist temples. That's why the children have been murdered. And that's why we've, we've got what we've got. And that's why we're in the position that we're at because we, just, we don't have God's blessing anymore because we just we sat back and let it happen. We let the Madeleine O'Hares of the world kick the kick the Bible out of school and and bring in the liberal agenda and 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 uh, like like Pied Pipers lead our children straight to hell. So I think I think homeschooling that's the only you know homeschooling or if you maybe if you live somewhere where you've got a good Christian private school, but you got to be aware a lot of good Christian private schools uh, don't always hire good Christians as teachers. And then you're also your kids are mixed in there with with people that that they they're not Christians they're atheists but they just don't want their their kids going to public schools because they're so depraved Absolutely. and the things that happen to children in public schools so they're just putting them in there to get them somewhere safe and you know even the Christian schools you know you really really got to know um, what's going on in there to even put your your child in a good Christian school and but, so many people know, are not aware uh, of that either. Yeah, um, homeschool is the way to go because, you know, God gave those those kids to you and training them up is your responsibility. I understand that economic situations being what they are, a lot of families have to have two people working just to, to keep food on the table and a roof over their heads, and I understand that, and it's tough, and, and I'm sorry, but, you know, those kids are your responsibility. God gave them to you for you to train up in the way that they should go, not for somebody else to train up in the way they should go. And, and while we're on, while we're on that subject, the same thing with the church, you know, um, it's not the church's responsibility to teach your, your kids about God. It's your responsibility. It's your, your responsibility to read the Bible to them, to, to pray with them and to train them up to, to, to walk in his ways. You know, they're not going to get that one hour a week at, at Sunday school. You know, it's your job to do it every day to be walking with them, to be bringing them up. And if they're going to have any, any chance of getting through this, this dark future that, that we've got sitting on our horizon, they're going to need the blessings of their creator. So you've got to train them up in the Bible. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. Amen. The, uh, What's one of the things that we've covered on here is the some of the private schools that uh, they receive this uh, uh, certain accreditation and that uh, the, uh, the institution that gives that accreditation is is just they've got some mind boggling um, this the sexual depravity agenda and it's the last place you know you expect this in public school you know to to large degree but yes it's absolutely infected all sorts of private schools, Christian based and otherwise. So yeah, that, that's a very valid point. We've, so we've covered that extensively. We had, we had one last night, in fact, and it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's disturbing stuff. It'd make your blood boil. It's just, it's mind boggling. And people don't realize, like you said, you think that you're going to, and I think a lot of people too, whether they're uh, uh, sending, sending their child to a Christian school just to not be at a public school, but they also, uh, e- even if passively, don't want the the sexual deviancy taught to their child. Don't expect that to be in a private school, which then it is obviously the parent's obligation to to find out if they have this accreditation. But one of the key components to it is secrecy, and and the teachers are conditioned and taught uh, secrecy and to push the the requirement for secrecy onto the children. So there's actually a group, and we're trying to get get one of the uh, representatives on, but they're kind of clandestine themselves, uh, undercover mothers. So they uh, it's a faction of um, women that are that are outing this stuff and getting their kids to bring this curriculum home and then uh, do undercover recording and filming with phones so uh and then they've they've got people that have been on some of these zoom calls with these teachers and administrators and it's just 
it is really, really sickening stuff. And the fact that these perverts have infiltrated so deeply into all levels of the education system, there, like you said, there is there is no alternative to homeschool for my family at all. And Mark, I didn't want to wrap this up before I ask you what you did before you became an author and how you actually decided to become an author. I was sitting in church and it was a mega church and I had been, and I had just gotten my, uh, I just gotten my accounting degree and I thought, okay, this would be a good, uh, you know, cause I'll always had a, an interest in numbers and, and economics and things. And I thought that I would enjoy accounting and, uh, and I didn't, I hated it. It's, it's a real, you know, it's a real monotonous thing where you're very, very, uh, in the minutia in the details of things. And I'm not, I'm a big picture guy. And, you know, I felt like I'd just kind of thrown away a huge chunk of, of, of my life studying for that and, and to get into something that I, I really wasn't enjoying. And I, and I, I took it before God and I prayed and I fasted and, 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 you know, I was asking God, you know, what, what should I be doing? And I'd already started the, the Prepper Recon uh, uh, blog and the podcast and things. And that was just kind of a hobby thing that I was doing. And, um, and, you know, and, through my studies, you know, I learned about the fractional reserve banking system and, and all of that kind of thing. And, and, and I just saw the entire system as a, a house of cards. And, uh, and, you know, I knew the direction of the country was going and, and I sort of had this story sort of bopping around in my head about you know, that was ended up being my first book series, which was the economic collapse chronicles, which, uh, if you've never read any of my work, um, you know, I was kind of getting my chops on writing it's a good story, but my writing's come a long way since then. So start with something else besides that. Maybe Days of Noah, Black Swan, or Ava's Crucible, or the American Wasteland series, maybe. But uh, I had that story bopping around in my head, and I'm sitting in church, and, and I've been praying, asking God what what I should do. And this, the preacher stops, and this is in a mega church, and the preacher stops in the middle of the sermon and says, Somebody out there has got a, a story rattling around in your head, and you need to go home and start writing it. Wow. And my wife knew that I'd been in prayer over all this. So we kind of, and even then, I'm thinking, well, it's a maggot church. There's 3,500 other people in the sanctuary with us. This is getting streamed out to you know multiple satellite locations, and it's got to be somebody else that he's talking to because, you know, God's not going to talk to me in the middle of the service and stop the whole service to talk to me. And, uh, but just in case it's me, I'm going to go home and start writing that book. And, you know, 30 books later, here I am. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds kind of, you know, if, it, if it's not you, it sounds unbelievable, you know, because you always hear people, God told me to do this and God this, that, and the other. And a lot of times they're, they're you know, you're like, yeah, I, I, I doubt it, you know? So, I mean, if I heard somebody else tell the story, I don't know that I would believe them. And, uh, and I don't expect people to believe me, but it's the truth. So no, no, that's, that's 100% believable. I've had some miracles like that take place in, in my life. And I actually have a separate uh-huh. podcast about that, uh, that we can talk about later. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think, uh, Stanley may have, question he's had oh, no I was I was just looking through your questions oh yeah I have several questions pulled up on the on the screen here because I uh, he's probably intrigued by my very first question it started about Jim Rogers splitting from George Soros probably uh-huh um, yeah the quantum fund is that yeah back in 2012 yeah but those series that you had uh, mentioned there and for all of our listeners I always tell everyone that I share these books with and share your stories with, uh, if, if you don't have any of his books and and you're new to this, or even if you're not new to this, I would recommend getting a couple of these books or the series of the books because, and keeping them around because they're like an instruction manual having these things, because it's, it's like a blueprint for just instructions and basic needs and and thoughts and and stuff that you would need. Because if you're in the middle of something, if something like this happens, it's like an instruction guide for just the steps and, and, uh, just the, the basic knowledge. Prosper in times of adversity. Yeah. I mean, just like I've shared it with my brother and my cousins and other family members. And just like when Stanley shared it with me years ago and, and cause I bought them 
on uh, Audible, and I would listen to them when I was cutting the grass and listen to them. You know, I thought, man, I need to get some of these in hard copies just because, you know, if something happens, it's not going to do any good if I have them digitally. So I ordered some of the uh, hard copies. And it, it's good quality books that you can listen to going down the road, and you don't have to worry about it if your kids get in the vehicle. Yeah, no. Yeah, I try to uh, I try to keep everything, you know, I keep all the, the, all the spec stuff off you know, off scene and, uh, and there's no profanity and, and even the violence I try to, I, you know, my, my witness is, is you know, well, I'm going to try to make it less violent than the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course that gives you a lot of leeway. Yeah. Oh, I, I, <laughs> there's yeah. some pretty rough stuff in there, you know, I know it. Now you, you've, you've, you've done great. And, and your, your last book, I mean, you've got me hanging on the edge and, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for it to come out here in the next, I guess uh, here in the next month or so. It's, uh... All right. Well, thank you. And all glory to God because without him, it wouldn't, uh, I don't know, I'd be, I'd be a miserable accountant. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, and we greatly appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. And hopefully we can have you back on oh, sometime in the near future. Definitely. That's, that's, that was my concern. <laughs> it's a compelling conversation. Uh, greatly enjoyed it. And I would, I would look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. It's really been an honor and a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. Radio. No, you can't sing about it. They'll show you the door. Because Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me. Well, I'd rather be real. And put on a fake show, but that's too true for radio.